Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. So glad that you could join us. As always, we've got a great show for you. And in fact, this show is so timely that it showed up at the headlines of the New York Times this morning. There's a great article. If you don't subscribe to the New York Times, you can check it out online. But the very topic that we're going to be discussing today on Go Green Radio is one of their headliners, and it says, California is prepared for a battle, basically, over a showdown on emissions. Basically, what's going on is that four years ago, California passed a piece of legislation that was pretty remarkable. It was the first in the world to uh, basically curb carbon emissions from huge industries, and we were the biggest uh, world economy that had gone this far to curb carbon emissions. California is always on the leading edge of green and environmental policies. But four years later, now we have a proposition on the ballot in November that would essentially repeal that law. And there's been a whole lot of public policy making and a lot of uh, roundtable discussions with business leaders, with utilities, a lot of hard work that has gone into implementing this piece of legislation. And now there's a, there's a proposition on the ballot for Californians that could repeal that very piece of legislation. Now, some of our listeners, in fact, most of our listeners, are not residents of California. And sometimes I get tweets and Facebook messages and emails from you guys saying, Jill, why do you do this to us? We live in New York. We live in Massachusetts. About once every eight weeks, you give us a story that's California-centric. Well, I do that for a very important reason. Every now and again, there's something going on in California that resonates either globally or nationally. It's something that could affect other states. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking about something that really could have an impact outside of the Golden State. Our guest today is Steve Maviglio. He not only had a front row seat to the making of the original piece of legislation, but right now he is the spokesperson for the campaign against this effort to repeal uh, this very important piece of climate change legislation. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. You're welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, before we talk about this ballot initiative that Californians will be seeing in November called Prop 23, I'd really like to take a step back and talk about the legislation that passed in California back in 2006. It was called AB 32. Now, California has no shortage of environmental legislation on the books, but Steve, what was it about AB 32 that was so special? Why was it seen as such a landmark piece of legislation? Well, as you mentioned, California has always been a uh, national and sometimes a world leader in balancing economic growth and environmental protection. Uh, we've done it with building performance standards, energy-efficient appliances, uh, and automobiles, of course. So this was California's chance to move ahead once again because we understand that when we're first, it sometimes attracts a lot of jobs, investment, and business, and it also helps our environment. We have valleys that are heavily air-polluted and a lot of other topographics that make the state uh, particularly sensitive to environmental damage. So what happened here was uh, for the first time Republicans and Democrats and a Republican governor got together and agreed on this bill. And as most of the country probably knows, that rarely happens in Sacramento. <laughs> and they got together and uh, compromised on a bill that actually had some support from businesses as well as environmental groups. Uh, the bill essentially rolls back as a goal uh, by 2020 our state's greenhouse gas emissions to 1990 levels. 
It also has in it a uh, requirement that our utilities provide about a third of their energy through renewable power by the year 2020, and also to develop um, some alternative fuels that reduce carbon emissions. So as one of the biggest contributors to carbon in the United States, in fact, by far, the state was once again taking the lead in doing this uh, with the hopes that it would spur Washington to do something on the national level and also um, our fellow states. Right. Kind of be the tail that wags the dog. Now, for our listeners who may not know, Steve was really right in the middle of all this. You were the chief of staff for the Speaker of the Assembly for California, and I, I remember very well. I was, you know, around Sacramento a lot during this time frame, and you had the cement industry, the utilities, the Chamber of Commerce, environmental groups, all sort of swarming around this bill. Give us some, you know, some stories. Tell us a little bit about what you remember, kind of the, how the sausage is made, you know, that went into this legislation. Yeah, actually, the the bill in the various forms had lingered for a couple years before that. And uh, Speaker Nunez decided that this should be a top priority for the legislature. Uh, he got together with the governor. Uh, they tried to compromise a lot with a lot of these industries. There were a lot of long late-night meetings, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> they added a provision in the bill to appease the business community that would allow the law to be suspended if the governor felt it would be bad for the economy. Um, that was something the environmentalists fought, but it was included in the bill. And ultimately, they came out with a package that still, despite the compromises, was the strongest um, greenhouse gas emissions regulation in the nation. It really was. And I know that since that time, the the actual policy setting phase of this bill has been rigorous as well. What can you tell us about that process? Well, the Air Resources Board, with is California's main regulatory agency for air pollution, has uh, set up a proposals to implement the law over a period of up to, um, let's see, we're 10 years away from final implementation now. And there's been many, many, many stakeholder meetings. Every possible industry has been on the ground floor meeting with regulators and public meetings and, and discussing ways to implement the law without really harming their industry. And to great success, there's been um, a, a number of compromises and timetables pushed back so that industry can comply. Uh, on the other hand, the standards remain strong. Um, we know that as time goes on, efficiency improves and innovation occurs. And uh, that's why so many industries are not supporting Prop 23. They have said, for example, Shell, another oil company, has said they're not supporting Prop 23 because they're happy with the regulatory process. Um, some of our major utilities in the state are not supporting Prop 23 because they're working within the regulatory process. So this is not your classic tree hugger versus business proposition. Um, the way the law has been structured and the input from industry has allowed many industries to actually oppose the ballot initiative and support the law. Well, and it is interesting. I mean, sometimes, you know, we hear horror stories from the business community that some environmental group has strong-armed, you know, the legislature to, you know, adopt a certain piece of legislation and, and have really shut the business industry out of the policy-setting phase. But that really hasn't been the case. There's been a seat at the table for every industry to have input. And for four years, they have. There's been a lot of work that's gone into this. Now, for some of our listeners, even California listeners, they may have no idea what Prop 23 really is. Tell us what this ballot initiative entails and how did it wind up on the ballot to begin with? 
Well, it's something that's masquerading as a jobs proposal, but actually is a measure that is put on the ballot by two out-of-state oil companies. They're both from Texas. They're refiners. Uh, they have spent so far about $8 million to put this on the ballot. And what they've done is said, well, we know we can't kill the law outright because Californians support the law by a two-thirds majority, according to the latest poll here. So let's see if we can nuance this and try to fool the public. Let's tie the implementation of the law to when unemployment hits a 5.5% level for four consecutive quarters, under the illusion that people will think, hey, you know, while the economy will recover, and then this all will be okay. Well, the fact is the economy has only reached that level just three times in 40 years. And this is a very deceptive proposition. And now we have found out that more than 98% of the, that $8 million has come from oil companies. And 89% has come from beyond California's border. So this isn't even about California issues. It's out-of-state oil companies buying their way onto the California ballot. That's kind of frightening that that's, that that's even possible. But, you know, for... For people who are listening and they they don't live in California, I mean, they probably are thinking, well, that's too bad for California. But in essence, if this proposition passes, this could have a tremendous ripple effect. And actually, this article this morning in the New York Times talks about the ripple effect and, and more accurately, the chilling effect that passage of Prop 23 could have in California, but also beyond California's borders. Talk about the significance of of a passage of such a proposal. Well, this is a national issue, and it is the last stand, actually, for doing something meaningful about climate change and creating a clean energy economy and creating jobs in that sector. Um, the oil companies, the reason why they've come to California is they've made it very clear. Uh, they got nothing out of Copenhagen this year, which pleased them. Uh, it failed on Capitol Hill yet again this year, and that pleased them. So now they're going for strike three in California. The perception is, of course, that California is the most progressive state in terms of legislation and politics. And if they can kill the bill here, if they can kill climate change and clean energy transformation in California, that'll send a very strong message to Washington to just knock it off altogether, and actually to the world. Uh, California is recognized around the world for this law. So that's why they're investing so heavily in California. That's why there's so much out-of-state money being poured into our state to defeat this, because they see it as a national issue. Speaking of a national issue, there are already some states that are threatening to sue California if Prop 23 fails. You know, I, I read a few articles, and they were talking about, um, you know, imploring the, the courts to come in on this based on interstate commerce regulations. What's up with that? I mean, is that really valid? Well, I think we have to look at where these attorneys are, generals are coming from. They're coming from, big surprise, Texas, as well as three other coal and oil-producing states. Uh, I think those politicians happen to be in the pockets of those special interests in those states, and that's why they're making noise. Uh, the, the notion that they could sue for interstate commerce is pretty ridiculous. It's sort of like saying, well, we're going to sue Google because they've had a good idea and they're trying to export it to the rest of the country. Uh, the regulation has been put in place in a bulletproof way to protect it from such lawsuits. Uh, and our Attorney General's office and the Air Resources Board has said they're not particularly worried about this threat. Well, I think that's encouraging news, because sometimes you read these things on um, blogs or, or in various news outlets, and that can be kind of disconcerting, because 
Californians know very well that litigation can be expensive for the state, and that's the last thing we need when we've got budget issues going on. Right. But I think it shows the extent and power of the oil industry and what they're trying to do when they invade California with this. They understand what's at stake here. Um, We just got a hold of a memo that was also in the New York Times the other day from the oil industry executives saying, you know, we have to kill this in our, quote, in our own company's special special interests. So they know this is all about profits. It's not about jobs at all. They want to crush the clean energy competition in here in California because it's very real. We have 500,000 jobs in the clean energy industry. It's the fastest growing sector in our state. Uh, Yesterday, just had an announcement of more than 1,000 jobs in the Central Valley and one solar plant. So people are going to work in this industry. It's giving the oil companies a run for the money, and they're scared. Well, I think that's that's pretty incredible. And I'm I'm only concerned that those, you know, that the dots are not being connected for California voters between what you just mentioned with those jobs being created in the solar industry and how important AB32 was to that situation. I mean, how are you getting that word out and connecting those dots for California voters? Well, we'll have a very aggressive campaign. Uh, what we're fighting are the oil companies that are pointing the fear into people that are already afraid about their economic conditions, and rightly so. By they, What they do is they pay for studies that say prices are going to go up and jobs are going to be lost, and then they quote those studies, even though independent uh, assessments of that, including what we have in California here called the Legislative Analyst Office, which is a nonpartisan uh, bureau, looked at these studies and said, quote, totally useless, quote, unreliable, yet these are what's going to be in front and center of the oil company's ads. And they're planning, according to that New York Times article today, to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on television ads bombarding us. So we'll have a very strong, aggressive grassroots campaign. As you know, here in California earlier this year, something on the ballot that was uh, put on by a utility company had millions and millions and millions of dollars of support. Mm-hmm. And the, the no side had less than $100,000, and the no side won. So yeah. this is a David versus Goliath ballot, no, uh, battle, no doubt about it, but uh, we're going to fight the good fight here. Well, we're going to have more with Steve Maviglio after we take a quick commercial break. So don't go away, folks. We're going to have more on Prop 23 and what's going on to uh, eliminate this huge climate change piece of legislation that we want to keep in California. So don't go away. More right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest best the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you're listening to go green radio with your host jill buck jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show so call us toll free at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 write to us too. save some trees and send us an email to go green radio at gmail.com that's go green radio at gmail.com now back to go green radio with your host jill buck Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. If you are just joining us, we are talking with Steve Maviglio today. He is the uh, spokesperson for the No on Prop 23 campaign here in California. Now, for those of you who don't live in California, don't fear. This is relevant to you. What's going on is that four years ago, California passed a landmark piece of legislation called AB 32, the Climate Change Bill, and it basically was set up to curb carbon emissions across the state, across a variety of industry sectors, And in the last four years, a whole lot of work has been done, not just in the environmental groups, the typical green groups that we hear about uh, so often in California, but the business community has truly been engaged. The Chamber of Commerce, utilities, um, everybody's had a seat at the table, and there's been a ton of work that's gone on to get AB32 into a position to really be implemented well, to create jobs. As Steve mentioned at the end of the last segment, we've just gotten some brand-new jobs out in the Central Valley from California uh, in the solar industry as a result of what's been going on to set the policy for AB32. But this November, there's going to be a, a ballot initiative called Prop 23 that's aimed at repealing AB32. And as Steve mentioned, a lot of the funding is coming from out of the state. Well, Steve, you and I have, have both been involved in partisan politics <laughs> through the years and uh, not on the same side of the fence. But there's so much significant nonpartisan aspects to this proposition that really should concern all Californians um, and, and actually all, all Americans. Pretend that you're talking to independent voters who could care less about blue or red politics. Why should they care about Prop 23? Well, it's about their job, their future, their air, and our state. Uh, primarily, let's look at the cost of energy in California. Uh, we get almost all of our energy from out of state. 
and this would continue that dependence, particularly on fossil fuel. We get 97% of our transportation fuel from oil. Uh, we need to get off that addiction, and California has moved in the right direction because of uh, what we've done here, our clean air and clean energy standards. Uh, in fact, we are now a leader in solar energy. We're coming up very close to Texas and wind. Uh, that is creating, as I mentioned earlier, jobs all over the state, and, and just not just location-wise, but they're up and down the career ladder. They're anywhere from engineers to installers of solar panels to people that are in the technical fields, uh, Silicon Valley, as well as the desert. So this is a win-win-win for our economy, and that's first and foremost in everyone's mind. Uh, that sector of our economy is growing ten times faster than any other sector of our economy. So why we would possibly pull the rug out from this kind of industry uh, is beyond me. We've attracted $10 billion of investment in clean tech since 2006. That's six times more than our nearest competitor, which is Massachusetts. And of course, we're also in a very heated fight with China to develop these industries. So being first and being alone has actually done our state a lot of good. Uh, according to the National Venture Capital Association, uh, we lead everybody in the number of clean tech cities, the best place to invest. Uh, seven of the top ten clean tech companies in the United States are located now in California. We had a company called Propel, which moved from Washington State to Sacramento because of this market for alternative fuels. Uh, Spain's leading wind energy company has moved and opened a headquarters in San Diego because they see the market here. So those are real jobs, real boons to our economy that have a ripple effect beyond just those particular installations and industries. They go across the board. So that's very important, number one. Second of all is our air. Uh, we are still, despite our tough environmental laws, the most smoggiest place in the United States. Uh, our major cities, our Central Valley, they're trapping particulates and ozone. Uh, clearly, carbon emissions that is now rated as a pollutant by the Environmental Protection Agency is a contributor to this. The American Lung Association in California is one of our strongest opponents to Prop 23 uh, because they know that all these millions and millions of metric tons of CO2 that the oil companies are putting in the air hurts our air. In fact, the two companies behind Prop 23 are two of the top 10 polluters in the state and among the top 100 in the nation. And the number of contributors to Prop 23 fill in all the lists of the top polluters in the United States. So they know what's at stake here, too. They'd rather spend the money on a ballot initiative than cleaning up their pollution. Well, and it's funny. I was flying over L.A. not too long ago, and I was sitting in a window seat, and I literally could take a picture of the air. Um, it, it was so smoggy. And, and I think that Californians realize we have this beautiful state uh, that we want to preserve for our children. I mean, I would really appreciate it if California were a state where my kids could end up buying a house and raising their kids near me. Um, but there's so many factors that are working against, you know, those kinds of goals that our California families have. And uh, I think a lot of Californians believe we should be able to decide for ourselves um, what kind of environment, what kind of state we leave our children. And uh, I, I venture to, to guess that a lot of Californians would not appreciate knowing that folks from out of the state are trying to interfere with the destiny that we are setting, the course that we're setting for ourselves. 
Well, you know, that's absolutely true. And, you know, you, you usually in California, the rest of the country doesn't understand how many things and how we're possibly voting on all these crazy things on the ballot. We have 10 initiatives on the ballot this year. But this one by far is unique in that, as I mentioned earlier, 89% of the money is from out of state. You know, that, as you mentioned, we're not even able to control basically what's on the ballot anymore because of the role of the oil companies' money. They came in here and there's been no groundswell support for this. It trails in the polls by double digits, but we're very alarmed because they, we know they have been very deep pockets. People know very little about this issue, and when they go up on the air and bombard the television, uh, people can be fooled. And uh, that's why we're fighting so hard against this. Well, and I want to make something really, really clear. I want your help in making this point. So many times when we hear about environmental or green legislation, people think it falls down party lines, you know, that the votes that will be taken or the, the work that will be done will be very partisan. And, and typically it's considered uh, normal for it to be a democratic issue if it's environmental policy of any kind. That's not the case. No, and no it, on Prop 23 campaign. Tell us who some of the players are. Well, let's start at the top. Our co-chair is George Schultz, uh, the former Secretary of State under President Reagan, the former Secretary of Labor under President Nixon, uh, well-respected throughout the world in Republican and Democratic circles. Um, he feels strongly about this for another reason, not necessarily economic or air, but it's a matter of energy security for our state and our nation. Uh, you know, you don't see the U.S. Navy being sent anywhere to protect solar panels. <laughs> We're spending billions of dollars a year on wars for about oil, and the Secretary believes if California can become energy independent and move move away from oil, that obviously increases our nation's security. We are the eighth largest economy in the world. And if we make this transition, like many other countries around the world are doing, uh, and Lord knows we have the, the resources with sunshine and wind in the state uh, to move away from oil, it's a security issue. So that's our biggest Republican supporter, aside from our governor. Uh, governor Schwarzenegger has touted this for years now. He made the cover of Time magazine when he signed the law. Uh, it actually, as I mentioned earlier, received Republican vote in the state legislature, and that is the most ideologically divided place in America right now. <laughs> so, I mean, it just goes to show uh, the strong support we've had across the board, especially from the business community, which has dominated largely by Republican conservative individuals. Uh, we have, and here in Sacramento, the former Chamber of Commerce president, who is a staunch Republican campaigning for us, and the Metro Sacramento Chamber of Commerce, which is largely Republicans, as you might expect, also opposing Prop 13. So, you know, it's crossing both lines. And also in the governor's race, we've seen something very interesting. Uh, Jerry Brown, the Democrat, is, of course, uh, opposed to Prop 23. But Meg Whitman, the Republican, has indicated that she's likely to vote against Prop 23 as well. So, it is uh, interesting. How and and our lieutenant now? governor, Abel Maldonado, has also said he's voting no. He's also a Republican. Well, and, and I think it just goes to show that, you know, that this is a mixed bag and, and not so much about partisan politics, but more about uh, old energy industry and, and some of the new energy industry. And I think this is something that's going to be playing out in a whole lot of other places besides just California. In the couple minutes that we have left uh, in this segment, Steve, tell us what California will lose, except, you know, besides a few bureaucrats in Sacramento, which nobody would shed a tear over, but what would California lose if the yes on campaign wins? 
Well, many things. Uh, it will lose its leadership in the clean energy field. Uh, we have CEO after CEO saying the reason they're hiring here and the reason they've invested here is because of this policy direction the state has offered. And they've invested more than $10 billion in this, and to suddenly have that rug yanked out from under them will cost the state jobs. Uh, we have 500000 People working in those jobs right now, those jobs would be at risk. There's millions and billions of dollars of planned solar, wind, and other clean tech facilities on the drawing boards. Uh, obviously, it would send a negative signal to all that. And also, just for the traditional business community, this would be the only state law that was tied to an unemployment rate, and that creates a climate of total uncertainty. And there's nothing that business hates more than uncertainty because they don't know if the regulation will be in place from one quarter to the next. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that really hurts businesses large and small, and that's why so many chambers of commerce and small business California, the organization, is opposed to Prop 23. Well, that's uh, reason enough for all of our listeners to check out your website, see who's, who's joining Steve on the No on Prop 23 campaign. I'll give him a chance to give out the web address in just a little bit, but we've got to take a quick commercial break. So don't go away, folks. We've got more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Folks, this is the time in the show that I just love because we've got these great kids down in L.A. They're produced by my good friend Scott McGinnis, who has been an actor, he's been a producer, he's been a director, and he has started this awesome, awesome program. It's actually on video as well called Green News for Kids through Global Broadcast for Kids, and they give me an audio podcast of their show every week. They do Green News, and they're so smart, and they're so funny, and we are going to play a clip for you of Green News for Kids, and Michael, our engineer, if you could let her rip. GlobalBroadcastForKids.com presents GBK Green News in association with the Go Green Initiative. From one kid to another. Hey, what's up guys? It's me, Elijah. And Marley. With GB4K's Green News in association with the Go Green Initiative on Go Green Radio and we're going to get started. More than 375 tons of unused soap have been collected from hotels by the Clean the World charity. The Orlando, Florida-based charity recycled the unused soap into 6 million bars of soap. The charity collected unused soap from about 400 hotels in the U.S. and Canada, and then, through a sanitization and rebatching process, are reformed into new soaps at recycling operation centers in Orlando and Vancouver, Canada. Shampoo and conditioner bottles are also sanitized for distribution. New recycling operation centers like this are scheduled to open in Las Vegas and Toronto to needy people across the globe through global distribution partnerships. Well, so what? So what? The Go Green Initiative says, think about 375 tons of soap. That's 750,000 pounds. All of that would have gone into a landfill. Instead, that soap is being reused by people who can't afford it. It's hard for us to imagine not being able to wash our hands, but in many places in the world, kids actually die because of infections they get from eating with dirty hands. So if you have parents that travel for work, or if your family stays in a hotel, ask your parents to urge the hotel manager to check out the Clean the World Soap Recycling Program. We can make a difference. You can also help this charity win grant money from Pepsi by texting 101319 to 73774. Professional sports leagues are uniting behind a big push to use solar power in arenas and stadiums throughout the United States. Major League Baseball, the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, the National Hockey League, and Major League Soccer are all encouraging their teams to begin using the clean energy. Well, so what? So what? The Go Green Initiative says stadiums and arenas make awesome spots for solar panels because they have huge roofs and parking garages. You could put acres of solar panels on top. The problem is that if there is no energy storage facility nearby, then solar energy has to be used right away. That's great if you have a daytime baseball game, but, but, but what about when it's the bottom of the ninth at 10 p.m.? Stadium would still need power from the power company. Well, ha- what happens is the arena or stadium would generate solar power that would go out into the electricity system in the community grid. And at the end of the month, when it's time for them to pay their electricity bill, the power company will measure how much electricity they used and subtract the amount of power they generated, and it may turn out to be a very low power bill. Sports making solar energy in the community, which is pollution-free. Very cool. 
Ian Summerholder, best known for his breakout role as Boone Carlisle in Lost, is winning kudos for his turn as vampire Damon Salvatore in the TV show The Vampire Diaries. Summerholder, 31, is in Atlanta, Georgia, filming season 2 of the series after spending a difficult summer being pulled in two different directions, promoting the CW Network show and helping raise environmental awareness in his home state of Louisiana following the Gulf of Mexico oil spill. He is passionate about the environment and animal welfare, but says he doesn't want to be another celebrity with a pet cause pushing an agenda. I think it's a fine line. I don't ever want anything to come in the way of me truthfully telling a story, Summerholders told Reuters in an interview. I appreciate the response and the support of fans, of people who actually don't mind watching me on screen. I just don't ever want to jeopardize that. Well, so what? The Go Green Initiative says wonder if we'll be seeing recycling in Mystic Falls this season. That would be cool. It's awesome when celebrities help bring attention to important issues and even better when they aren't necessarily pushing an agenda as Ian mentioned, especially for kids like us who listen to our parents and teachers most of our waking hours. It's kind of cool to see someone taking action about something he's passionate about, but letting us figure out our own views. One of the things that is so authentic about Ian's campaign to raise environmental awareness is that he chooses his hometown state and the issues that matter locally. Though it's true that environmental issues are global, the truth is that the world is just one big group of local neighborhoods. We can all do what Ian is doing and protect the environment in our own hometown. And now for some Go Green Initiative updates. New businesses that have just joined the Go Green Initiative. GEB Medical, New York, New York. Here are some new schools that have just joined the Go Green Initiative. J.E.B. Stewart Elementary, Richmond, Virginia. Colegio de las Americas, Encinita, Mexico. Laurel Hill School, North Hollywood, California. S.U.N.Y. Ulster County Community College, Stone Ridge, New York. Organizations that have just joined the Go Green Initiative. Going Green, nonprofit organization, Caliban, Philippines. Youth for Green, San Bernardino, California. My Day Creek Elementary, PTA, Houston, Texas, Frederick Douglass High School, PTA, Chicago, Illinois, and Mission Enstanisa, PTA, Carlsbad, California. Well, that's it for this week, guys. I'm Elijah. And Marley. Signing off with GBK's Green News in association with the Go Green Initiative on Go Green Radio. And make sure to do one thing a day to help out the environment, like recycle your bottles and cans. Take two minutes less in your shower. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye, guys. Bye. See you later. GBK Green News. Copyright 2010. Globalbroadcastforkids.com. Well, that was great. I always appreciate Marley and Elijah down there in L.A. doing their thing to help teens go green. What do you think of them, Steve? They're pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, and, you know, most enthusiasm support against Prop 23 is from young people. We actually have uh, people can't even vote yet are out there uh, dogging their parents and uh, getting out on the streets and helping us. Great. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And there's nothing like kids to influence their parents. I mean, we've seen that a lot in my program, the Go Green Initiative, that they referenced. I mean, the kids learn what's right, and they bring it home with them. So that's pretty awesome. I want to get back to a really important point because I anticipate that when people are inundated, as they ultimately will be, with the Yes on Prop 23 campaign uh, TV ads or whatever they decide to do, 
they're going to be talking about, hey, unemployment is too high in this state to sacrifice jobs to climate change. You know, they're going to be talking about the high unemployment numbers and making connections between AB 32 and the 12.3% unemployment rate in California. What do you say to that argument, Steve? Well, you know, that's the tired, false choice between, well, you can either have clean air or you can have jobs. And, you know, Californians believe we can have both. We've proved it repeatedly. Uh, for example, our energy-efficient appliances, uh, those went into place. No jobs were lost. We're using far less energy and saving people lots and lots of money every month on the utility bills because of the innovation that went into that. Same thing with our building standards. When those first were announced, the building industry and the business groups went crazy and said this is going to add $100,000 of the cost of a home, and you hear those crazy numbers. And, you know, lo and behold, really hardly any impact at all, but the savings to homeowners every month are in the thousands of dollars in reduced costs. So, you know, we hear these chicken little arguments about the sky is falling and it's going to cost you your job and this, that, and the other thing. But the Sacramento Bee has pointed out that not a single job has been lost because of this law. And, in fact, that many more jobs are going to come down the pike and are happening all over the state. Well, there are those who argue, and I've seen this already out of the Yes campaign, that this bill should have never been passed, that this is not the state's uh, jurisdiction, that there should be federal legislation or no legislation when it comes to carbon emissions. What do you say about that? Well, I think we all wish our nation would take that giant step forward. But the hypocrisy is the same people, these very same oil companies that are pouring money into California are the same exact people, almost to the person, in Washington, D.C., trying to kill this for our entire country. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say states can't do this. Uh, but the nation should, and then be in Washington and spend billions of dollars lobbying against it on a national scale. You know, they're afraid of this because they see what's happening in California. They see all these solar and wind plants propping up. They see people going to work. Uh, our energy consumption in California has stayed relatively flat over the last 30 years, while in states like Texas it's quadrupled. And so that's what they're afraid of. They don't like the competition. They see it happening here. They see the public likes it. They realize that it has a lot of benefits for our local economy. Uh, Valero, that company behind this, has shipped $9 billion of operating profits out of California in the last decade and taken that to Texas. So that $9 billion could be stimulating California's economy instead of going to Texas. Same thing with our money for foreign oil. Why are we putting our lives and country at risk by sending and relying on all this Middle East oil when we can generate that power here? So that's the question here. Uh, and you can't say, you know, this is not having any effect. It's, it's, uh, you shouldn't go at this alone because going at it alone, as they call it, actually is contributing to some strong economic growth of record proportions. And this is during a recession. So can only imagine when our economy gets back on its feet how much more it will grow. Well, that's so true. And, you know, we've had guests on the show previously who uh, were veterans, and they're veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan war, and there are veterans groups, not all veterans, but there are some young veterans groups of those who've come back from those conflicts saying, look, we're funding both sides of the war, folks. I mean, the, the weapons that are aimed at our troops are funded by the $700 billion that we're sending to purchase foreign oil. And um, there's a lot of support amongst military members for maybe not particularly this exact legislation, but for the idea of generating the power that we need, the energy that we need at home. Um, Are you getting any support from groups like that? 
Yeah, we had a uh, press conference uh, right on the eve of 9-11 with uh, Secretary George Schultz, um, a, a four-star admiral from the Navy, retired uh, Marine Corps veteran on the phone, and they talked about this uh, very passionately, that this isn't just about clean air, it's not just about jobs, it's about our nation's security. Uh, it's about keeping ourselves uh, safe from people that are against our interest around the world by generating our own electricity here at home. And Prop 23 uh, will have a serious impact on our ability to attract those kind of investments that will keep us down that path and off foreign oil. So the, the no on 23 people, we are fighting this angle very hard. And Frank Luntz, who you may know as a Republican pollster, mm -hmm. uh, just did some polling for the Environmental Defense Fund nationwide, and he found among seniors and, and older voters, this was the most appealing ar argument, energy security. And uh, that was somewhat of a surprise to a lot of people. Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me just because I'm in this world, I'm in the green world, I'm out speaking all over the country, and I'm hearing what people are saying. It's not as you know, crunchy and granola of an issue as maybe it was when I first started the Go Green initiative in 2002. That was before a lot of people realized that there was something more than just spotted owls and polar bears at stake, that this really was an, an issue of human well-being uh, that we were talking about. And I think a lot of people are starting to understand that there is a direct benefit to our economy, to our nation, to our human health by taking these kinds of steps in this direction. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with one more segment with Steve Maviglio. We'll be talking about the climate change bill here in California. It's under attack, folks, and it's something that we all need to care about and get involved in. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. So glad that you could join us. I want to give a special shout-out to my tweets, all my Twitter followers. You guys are loyal listeners, and I'm so glad that you're with us. I'm seeing your tweets coming up, and I really appreciate your feedback, your input, and your attention to this very important matter. We're talking to Steve Maviglio. He's the spokesperson for the No on Prop 23 campaign here in California but as we've been talking about earlier in the show, the ripple effect and the, um, the ramifications of this vote in November will have a national impact, if not an international impact. Now, folks in California are pretty used to having the world spotlight on us when it comes to public policy. But in this particular instance, everybody's kind of biting their nails because if AB 32, the climate change bill that was passed back in 2006, is successfully quelled by this ballot initiative. If yes on Prop 23 wins, um, it may be very difficult for any future legislation in the U.S. to curb carbon emissions to make it successfully um, into law. And so we're really trying to get the word out and make sure voters are well-educated on this issue. Steve, what is the current polling data showing for Prop 23? Uh, we have seen a lot of polls that show this is going to be a very tight race. And as you mentioned, or as the New York Times called to say, it'll be, quote, the single most important ballot measure testing public support for clean energy. So that's why it's a national fight. Uh, we anticipate to be an expensive battle. Uh, one analyst estimated by the end of the day $150 million can be spent on it. Uh, that's why we need some grassroots support from around the country. Wow, that's a lot of money. That's a ton of money in this economy. Are you seeing any soft spots in the polling? I mean, is there a gender, a region by state, or a political party soft spot? I mean, are are you indicating any target audiences at this point? Well, we know the strong support comes from the environmental community. That's no surprise. Uh, Younger voters, that's no surprise. Uh, higher educated voters. Uh, so we have a very strong grassroots effort underway to reach out to voters that sometimes don't vote in these off-year elections to make sure they're coming to the polls. Uh, many organizations here in California, many chambers of commerce, environmental organizations are joining hands, consumers organizations like Consumers Union, the American Nurses Association, um, AARP, the League of Women Voters. The list is practically endless. We have more than 600 coalition members to build some strong grassroots support, but we know we're going to get grossly outspent. That's why the grassroots is so important. Mm-hmm. Now, honestly, Steve, I mean, though you and I are on the same page in terms of the importance of this issue, every time we turn on the news, what we're seeing when it comes to ballots and November elections is all about this really contentious midterm election at the national level. How difficult do you think it's going to be to get people's attention on this issue? Well, I think people that aren't even uh, fired up one way or the other about what's going on in Washington or on the national level will turn out 
to protect their air and protect their jobs and vote no on Prop 23. Uh, we're very hopeful of that. Uh, we're reaching out strongly in our strongest areas. And, uh, you know, by the end of the day, I hope that uh, California sends a very strong message to these out-of-state oil companies, you know, not in our house. Don't come here. Don't do this. And no on 23. Yeah. Stay out of our business, huh? Yeah. If California voters end up doing what, you know, it's nationally expected a lot of voters will be doing, which is, you know, perhaps veering away from incumbents regardless of party. Do you think that will have any impact on Prop 23? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I think there's a lot of frustration out there in America right now on many levels, but one of the things is in the big corporations, the big banks, and, and those that are controlling our economy with very little compassion to you and me that are working hard. And, you know, that's who's behind Prop 23. It's these giant oil companies with their billion dollars of profits. And the, the CEO of Valero, for example, the, the prime oil company behind this, he's making $10 million now. He got a 64% raise last year. I mean, this is kind of crazy stuff. They're sponsoring golf tournaments instead of cleaning up their pollution in California. You know, that's not right. That's not fair. And I think voters of both parties and all philosophies will stand up to this kind of oil company propaganda. Mm-hmm. And intervention. I mean, this is, it's just so obvious what's going on here when you look at who's funding which sides. It's, uh, it's so clear and so transparent what's happening. Are you anticipating any October surprise out of the Yes campaign? I mean, what would be the worst thing that could happen late in the campaign, and what are you going to do to combat that? Well, you know, this is an issue, not a candidate, so there's very few surprises in, in the arsenal. But, you know, the big surprise is not a surprise in that, that they're spending millions and millions of dollars. Uh, like I mentioned earlier at the program, uh, a secret email was leaked uh, into the New York Times the other day and the Los Angeles Times showing the amount of financial support the oil industry wants to pour into this because of their, quote, self-interest. And uh, that's what, you know, we're going to keep talking about because that's what matters. And on these ballot measures, you really have to follow the money. You've got to find out who's behind them and see the real motivation and sort of pull away this curtain. You know, something that's masquerading as a, quote, jobs initiative is all about oil company profits. Mm-hmm. Um, what about this, you know, feeling amongst Californians? There's a, a lot of polling data out there about our current governor. I mean, a lot of people love him. Some people are disappointed. You know, this was seen as his pet project. Do you feel like there will be any negative impact uh, on Prop 23 if voters are sort of out of sorts with Governor Schwarzenegger when it comes November? Uh, you know, I, we haven't measured that. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he's got his hands full right now with the lack of a state budget. Uh, there was a poll that came out yesterday that put his popularity rating at 15%, which, uh, you know, <laughs> that's about as low as you can possibly get. Uh, and, 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 you know, having been there, you mentioned I was in the front row seat early in the program. Uh, I remember sitting in the room with the speaker when the governor said he was going to veto the bill. And the speaker challenged him on it, and ultimately he signed it, and now he's taking all the credit. So uh, <laughs> anybody who's really followed that really knows what happened in that room. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what we, what we were counting on you for, Steve, to tell uh-huh. us what happened behind the curtain. Yeah. Now, uh, if folks want to get involved with this campaign, and again, this is something that, you know, you don't have to be a California voter. You don't have to be a California resident. You don't even have to live in the U.S. to realize the importance of cutting carbon emissions and, and the eighth 
largest economy in the world doing so aggressively to care about this issue. If people want to get involved in the campaign, how can they do that? Okay. Well, there's a number of ways, and let's start at the very top with our website. Uh, it is StopDirtyEnergyProp.com. That's all one word, StopDirtyEnergyProp.com. Uh, we are, like you, on Twitter at StopDirtyEnergyProp.com or no on 23 and our hashtag is uh, hash prop 23 that's where you can follow all the news from all around the country we have many articles on there we also have something called um, 10,000 leaders uh, that's on our Facebook site if you want to follow us on Facebook on uh, stop dirty energy prop you will find us there and, and join to get the latest news and information and of course we welcome uh, small contributions large contributions as well uh, but uh, we really need that grassroots support so if you're out there and you have family or friends in California let them know to vote no on 23 uh, tell them what it means for you all over the country uh, tell them what it means for their family and their jobs and their kids and their future thanks for joining us Steve and thank you to all our listeners for joining us on Go Green Radio we'll be back here same time same place next week with Go Green Radio Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.